you're listening to the Dietitian Connection Student Podcast. This podcast gives you a range of tips and tools to kickstart your career in dietetics. We delve into the experiences of student dietitians and hear from the most influential and successful dietitians in the profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Obeyed, and I'm an accredited practicing dietitian working at the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne. Today, I will be interviewing Emma Ridley, who is the Nutrition Program Manager at the ANZIC RC Monash University and a current NHMRC postgraduate scholar and PhD candidate. Emma has over 10 years acute clinical dietetics experience, with the majority being in intensive care. Emma's current research interest is energy optimization in the critically ill, both during and after the ICU period, and the effect that this may have on clinical and functional outcomes, as well as energy requirements in the critically ill. Hello and welcome, Emma. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Um, I thought we could start with you explaining why you decided to go down the path of clinical dietetics. Um, Yeah, well, getting into dietetics for me was really an accident um, to start with because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to work in healthcare and someone recommended dietetics to me. um, And when I read the description, I thought, well, yeah, that sounds okay. Um, And so... I applied and got in and really from the start um, it was clinical dietetics that I was interested in. I I guess I've always just been drawn to the medical side of nutrition and so because of that clinical really appealed to me. Um, Not that you can't get medical nutrition in community or other areas but um, I really loved the acuteness of um, the hospital. I loved the fast pace of the acute hospital and the opportunities that it um, presented. And then there's enormous variety. And so I really liked that too because you could uh, get as much experience as you could in one place um, and move around a lot. So, yeah, I really think, uh, I don't know, it just seemed to gel with me from the start. It was just something that I knew I really wanted to focus on and, and felt that I could really... Uh, make a difference in my career. Okay, and more specifically, what led you to become an intensive care dietitian? Um, Well, it's funny actually, in my fourth year placement, I had some supervisors who worked in intensive care and I was lucky enough to have my major case in intensive care and it was a young boy who was about 16 who had 80% burns to his body Um, and I was able to follow him for my whole fourth year um, clinical placement for my major case. Uh, and really working with him and with the team and with my supervisor, I really came to appreciate how important intensive care nutrition is and how much of a difference we can make. And then also I loved the way that we were able to interact with the team and how we were respected and well-regarded uh, and that um, nutrition was really important in this environment. So from that moment, I just loved it and I always knew that I wanted to go back there um it was probably six or seven years uh yeah maybe six years until I got back there to do some work 
um, because it's not an area a new grad can go into, but I really always knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, And once again, it it sort of um, harnessed that medical side of nutrition in a way that you can't really get much more medical nutrition than intensive care. And so um, that's what I really love about it. And uh, I knew that I wanted to go back there and I really have never left since I went there. And it sounds like you could really make a difference um, as well with the patient's lives and, you know, with um, in, in the clinical setting as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly uh, how I felt. I felt that we were really, really needed and our role was really important and it was appreciated, which is really lovely. And so I still love that about it. Mm, definitely. So not only are you an exceptional clinician within the ICU, but um, you're also a really well-known researcher within the field of critical care nutrition. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how and why you got into research in the first place? Yeah, I mean, research kind of uh, it kind of found me, I guess. I, I'm an inquisitive person and I'm a problem solver by nature. And so research really just was the natural thing for me although when I finished my degree I swore that I would never do research I hated my research-based subjects in my undergraduate and I thought I'll never do it and then within a couple of years I was you know involved in research so it's funny how things change but really what happened was I got out into the workforce and I had a couple of years where I just loved being a clinical dietitian but then I started to ask questions of the practice that we had in various areas and started to think about why we were actually doing things the way that we were doing them. Um, And that naturally leads itself to research. Um, It just happens that way. Uh, And so I really sort of got interested in it like that. And then I had a couple of really good opportunities as well, which I took. Um, I was lucky enough to work in the HIV service at the Alfred, which is one of our key service areas uh, for both medicine and for nutrition. And they have some really big research projects and really important research projects in that area. And I was lucky enough to get involved, but also have some really supportive medical mentors who wanted me to be involved. And that really helped um, make me be interested and make me feel supported and really started me on my research journey. Um, And then also with research, I started to think about the fact that with clinical dietetics, it's fantastic and you work one-on-one with patients and their families usually, but at any one time, you're only really helping that one patient. Um, at the time that you're working with them. Whereas with research, you can work on things that allows you to help whole populations or whole pockets of people. Um, And so that really appealed to me because I felt that I could really do more um, with research if I was um, working in that way. Um, And so I really wanted to focus on that and um, get involved. And it really started quite small. So I get asked about this all the time. People ask, how did you start and, you know, what happened? And um, people get overwhelmed, I think, about doing research. But really I started with small audits, quality projects, um, looking at service delivery, asking questions about aspects of the service that I was interested in, maybe comparing aspects of the service to a guideline or to a recent article, um, talking to doctors about what they thought the gaps were in our service and, and where the problems were, asking questions. Uh, And so it really started from there. It doesn't have to be a huge piece of work. 
Um, but from there, I then completed a master's of public health and specialised in uh, research methodology. And then I was lucky enough um, or fortunate enough to get a job at Monash University in their intensive care research centre, uh, looking and, and really managing the nutrition research program where we do larger pieces of research on um, critical care nutrition. And that's really where my eyes have been open to the, the scope of research, not just in nutrition, but in intensive care and research methodology and all sorts of different things. And so it's really somewhere in my future that I think I'm, I'm really moving towards. I'm now doing a PhD. Um, I'm tutoring some of the research subjects. And so it's really something that I've taken on as a passion now. Um, and I think it complements being a clinician perfectly. Uh, and I, one day when I finish my PhD, I would love to return to combining both the clinical work and the research work. Mm, and it sounds like you really enjoyed the aspect of, you know, having that real large scale effect um, that research can bring, which you don't tend to have um, with just individual one-on-one -on -one patient contact. Yeah, I think... Um as you, well, for me, certainly as I progressed in my career, I love and I do miss working with the patients individually. That's one thing that I, I do miss um, now being a full-time PhD student. I don't get to do a lot of patient contact um, and I miss that. But as I said, it is really just that one-on-one -on -one, and some people just love that and they, they really only want to do that and that's fine. But for me, I felt that I could do more for the greater number of people if I was doing research. And so if you have questions about your practice or if you're frustrated about the way things are done, then that's the perfect stepping stone for research and you can help fix um, or come up with new solutions of the way that we do things to help um, a greater number of people. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting how you mentioned that as a student you weren't really keen to do research because I think that's the case for many students. You know, you get the dry um, content when you're learning it through coursework, but then when you actually get to experience research yourself, you realise how enjoyable it can be. Absolutely, and I think um, I think that's a great point. It's really about getting something that interests you. So I'd probably I can't even remember what topics I looked at in my undergraduate, but it was probably something that didn't interest me. Um, whereas when I started to work. I was looking at things that interested me or that frustrated me and that I couldn't understand and so that made me interested. So um, that's really a very good point for anyone that's thinking about starting out in research. It has to be something that you're interested in because it's not easy um, and because it's not easy then you have to want to do it because um, it's hard work. Mm. Now, as a relatively new graduate myself, I think it's really important to have a mentor or even multiple mentors um, really to help guide your dietetics career. Why do you think mentoring is important? Um, I think mentoring is essential and it's something that I'm very passionate about and I, I love that I'm at the point in my career where I can mentor new graduate dietitians or other dietitians. Um, I think it's vital actually um, and I can't stress the importance enough um, and I don't think it's it's enough to just have it for that new graduate period that you have to have as part of your APD uh, criteria. I think that's a great start. And I'm, I've been involved in many partnerships for that program. Um, but I think it has to go further than that. And I think it's absolutely vital if you really have significant career aspirations, you need mentoring as part of that plan. Um, and part of that plan should be to look at 
uh, areas of your practice that perhaps need work or that are weaker than others. And it's about being really honest with yourself and then seeking out someone that can help you uh, foster those areas that need work or areas that you're really good at that you want to really foster as well. Um, and being able to ask questions of your practice in that way. And it really should be a mutual partnership. So some of the best mentoring partnerships that I've had have been ones where I've been able to help the person, but they've also taught me something as well. And that's what I really like about mentoring. I think it should go both ways. And so it's not enough just to choose someone because you think they would be a good person. Um, you need to choose them because you think they can meet a specific goal for you. Um, and even if they're an amazing clinician, if they don't have any interests the same as you or they don't have any qualities that you think they could help you, then it's not going to be a great partnership. So you really have to be careful about who you choose and make sure that it works for you. And over time, who you need will change. And so your mentoring partnership should change as well. Um, and in my opinion, I don't think that should ever stop. I think even people that are very senior need mentors because they're working on different things. And so I think it's absolutely essential, um, particularly for new graduates. And you have to be prepared to uh, work hard and take the feedback, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. So what advice can you give some young and aspiring dietitians who really want to get their foot in the door with clinical dietetics? Look, it's very hard. Um, I sympathise with young dietitians who are out there now and I actually I actually worry that if I was out there now, I, I probably wouldn't get a job. <laughs> um, I think it's really tough. Um, but what I say to all of my um, new graduates that I've mentored or that people have asked me for advice is that you have to be prepared to take any job. Um, if you're looking for a job in clinical dietetics, then just take whatever you can get. Um, and that might seem silly, but you just need to get that first job. And once you get that first job, things start to separate. And so if you can do well in that first job, doesn't matter where it is, then you've got some experience and then you move on to the next job. Um, the other thing is that new graduate workloads can be a little bit uninspiring sometimes. Um, I know it's very exciting often to be out in the workforce um, and that's fantastic. But after a while you start thinking, oh, this is, you know, the same stuff. You get the cardiology workload, um, you might get aged care. Um, and sometimes that can be uninspiring to start with. But what I would urge any new graduate to do is to look for the opportunities in anything that you're given. Um, and so don't focus on the fact that it might be slightly uninspiring. What can you actually learn from that that you can take to the next job that you could use in an interview and say, hey, I managed this part of the workload or I did a quality project in this um, area and we got this outcome and I did that myself um, with the help of my team. Or So in every opportunity, even if it seems boring, there is something that you can take from it um, and really focus on what you need to take from that when you go into it. Um, it might mean that you have to work out of hours too sometimes. So uh, unfortunately, to really get ahead um, and to do really well, sometimes you have to do work in your own time. And 
We don't advocate for that all the time, of course, and work-life balance is a, a big thing at the moment and I think you have to be very mindful of that. But if you really want to be successful, particularly if you want to do some research, then sometimes it means that you do have to work after 5 o'clock. Um, you might have to do some stuff at home. Uh, and if you really want to get ahead, then that's how I, I would advise that sometimes that has to be done. Um, and you want to think about what's going to make a difference on your resume compared to everyone else because there's so many young dietitians looking for work and so you need to set yourself apart and so what's going to look different on your on your resume um, and that can be difficult um, and then the other thing is uh, really be prepared to speak up in those clinical roles be proactive and be part of the team um, if you get that first job and you get into clinical dietetics then step right into it and really show that team that that a clinical dietitian is part of the team and that you're ready to be there and that you're ready to participate in those discussions you need to have and that you're not shy to speak up for your patients and to advocate because um, I think sometimes dietitians can be a little bit passive uh, and it's really important to be able to speak up and advocate for your patients. Um, and so that would be my advice. It's tough, but that would be my advice. So just to finish up, a little bit of a lighter question. Emma, if you weren't a dietitian, what would you be? Um, I really had to think about this, Jenna, um, but I'm going to say a doctor, which sounds a bit boring, I think, but um, I've often thought about being a doctor and what I wanted to say about that too, because I know a lot of dietitians who have returned to study medicine or think about it, um, and I think that's because they get out into the workforce and it can be frustrating. I don't think it's dietetics. I think it can be frustrating being an allied health clinician where you want to advocate for the patient and you feel that you are, but perhaps you're... Um, you're opinions are not being heard or not being listened to or you feel blocked by the team um, and that can be frustrating if you come up against it time and time again um, and when I was thinking about you know maybe I should do medicine I thought well I could but that seems like the easy way out and I think what really needs to happen is dietitians and allied health clinicians need to learn to stand up and advocate for their patients um, and be part of the team and really uh, challenge decisions where they feel that uh, they don't agree with it or be part of an open discussion to help their team understand why you're asking for something in particular and really help improve that communication and improve that teamwork and then perhaps we would feel like we can uh, we can get more done um, for our patients. And the other thing I thought that I probably should have done is probably an engineer because I'm very problem-based um, and I'm, I love um, building things and fixing things. And so actually I think I probably would have been a pretty good engineer. Um, but it's too late for any of that now. I'm a dietitian and I'm going to be a dietitian and um, I'll probably be a researcher uh, and I just need to focus on that now. Definitely. And I think you make a pretty good dietitian and with some good, oh, good advice as well to be able to really make, make a difference and, um, you know, stand up for what you believe in and for, you know, advocating for the patient. Absolutely. I think that's what it's all about. And that's actually why we're here. And that's why uh, a lot of us have done a health or a caring profession, because we care about other people and we want to help them. Um, and so if you think about it in that way, well, why am I actually here? I'm here for the patient. 
Um, and you know, we've we've in our department, as you would know, Jenna, we've done a lot of work on um, difficult conversations because it's hard, and uh, we really have to be able to advocate and speak up for what we believe in for our patients. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for your time today. Um, I'm sure everyone listening would agree with me when I say you've had such a successful career as a dietitian already, and I'm sure you'll continue to do so much for the profession in the future. Thanks, Jenna. It's been lovely to talk to you. You can follow Emma on social media. Her Twitter handle is at ICU Nutrition. We will also post a link to Emma's LinkedIn profile and her online research biography. These will be available in our show notes at dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. A big thank you to our listeners today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review as well as pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends. And also make sure you subscribe to the Dietitian Connection podcast so that you automatically download the new episode each week. Thanks again for listening.